It's 1976, and you just stepped inside a smoky club in Bamako, Mali. The air is thick with gritty analog sounds of funky folkloric music, psychedelic guitar, swirling and jazzy horns, and hypnotic bass. The crowd shakes their bell-bottoms to the infectious grooves. The singer commands the stage with her soulful vocals and dance moves that give James Brown a run for his money. Hello and welcome, I'm Douglas Bowles, and it's Tree Fort time again. This is Two Minutes, a podcast about meaning from SyncBook Radio and distributed by thesyncbook.com. You can find our archives at 42minutes.com, and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Wednesday, September 8th, 2021, and today for 42 Minutes, we're checking out that psychedelic club in Bamako because... This is the vibe that Oakland's own Orchestra Gold creates in their live shows as well as on their latest EP, Orchestra Gold Volume 2. Fronted by the charismatic Malian singer and dancer Mariam Jacate, Orchestra Gold plays an original stew of African-inspired rock and soul music, drawing deeply on Mali's musical history, Orchestra Gold blends analog rhythmic dance music together with elements of psychedelic soul. With roots, Malian drumming, and the deep wisdom of Mariam's vocals. Orchestra Gold moves audiences from the inside out. Orchestra Gold will be performing this fall in beautiful downtown Boise at the Treefort Music Fest, Friday, September 24th at the Bass Center at 10.40 p.m., More information about the band can be found at their website, orchestragold.com. Today, we are honored to be joined by Eric and Mariam. Welcome, guys. How are you doing today? Hey, Douglas. Yeah, we're doing well. We're doing well. How are you, Mariam? I'm good, thanks. Great. This, (laughs) I'm doing doing great, too. Uh, Boy, this is just so interesting. The thing I love about Treefort is that uh, I'm always introduced to new things that I probably wouldn't have necessarily bumped into without it, but um, how big is this band that you guys travel with? It looks like the rhythm section is enormous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're, it's true. Like, the recordings and stuff have about seven people on them, and then at a certain point, it's like we have to worry about logistics too. And so we're actually doing this show with about five people and just practicing to do more with less, which is actually a good exercise. I had a lot of friends uh, tell us that, cause we, we started big and and a lot, of tell, a lot of friends tell us that we did like the opposite of what you should do, which is start small and then build big. <laughs> so we're kind of like going backwards now. And so of the the five, you have a regular drummer, and then you have two horn players, is that three? And then you play guitar and Miriam sings? Yes. So, yeah, so drummer, uh, bass player, bass player. Uh, Yusuf, and then uh, we're currently rolling with one horn player now, and we have a percussionist, Musa, who is not going to be with us on this gig, but does play regularly with us. So five, 
six people just depending on the on the on the vibes of that day is is musif also from mali yes yeah well could we talk about how you guys all found each other i mean so this seems uh pretty interesting you know what 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 was the kernel that brought this whole thing together uh me and eric or me and musa the whole band a whole band okay um i know all band but i know eric force in mali um maybe 15 years ago now yeah eric um chit is my friend eric half teacher in mali his name uh, Machi. He's Jimmy mm-hmm. teacher. Mm-hmm. He's my friend too. Yeah. And Eric told me one day, oh, can uh, you like come in America for uh, sync orchestra or good? I say, yes, I like. Yeah. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. How many years ago? Uh, 15. 15 years ago. Wow. Man, it's crazy how time flies. What brought you to Mali, Eric? I went there. So I, I, I had a, an experience with this organization in, in uh, college that taught us a lot of web design skills and other things like this to help with nonprofits. And it just so happened that they got a really big grant at the end of my time there. And so they had some money. And I applied for a a portion of that to go and do the internship with this NGO in Mali. And so I landed in Bamako in 2005. Supposed to do like a three or four month internship. And I ended up staying for three years and doing all kinds of crazy stuff in addition to music and working with the NGO and meeting Marama and my drum teacher Maciej Traore and a bunch of other people. Were you drawn to that music before you got there? I was a dabbler before I went. I um, It was sort of like, I guess, yeah, one, one is always drawn to that thing, but, but I, uh, it really felt like the hand of destiny pushing me in that direction because I, I I felt like this general draw towards doing something in that part of the world but I didn't know how or when or why and the events just kind of led me in that particular direction for a while I wanted to go to Senegal and it was looking like I was going to do that and then that fell through and then this thing in Mali came together and it just ended up being a beautiful experience for me life-changing really shaped like who I became as a person and just so beautiful to discover all those um the different like elements of like like Malian music because it's so rich you can kind of come to know it more and more over time and then one's relationship to music changes so much over the course of time too so it's been this really rich experience to see all that evolve over time your musical background were you were you a drummer or a guitarist primarily when you started out 
I was so put me in piano when I was younger and I remember not liking it at all until I discovered the Phantom of the Opera and uh, I listened I played I remember I played the music of the night and everyone was like whoa you we, we didn't think you were any good until you got that piece of music and then um, and then that turned into guitar but but then by the time I was in my 20s I had taken this detour into percussion and I was mostly doing that and when I was in Mali at first I was actually only doing percussion and then um, I slowly started getting back into stringed music uh, guitar bass I played bass in a cumbia band here in the Bay Area for about three or four years which is actually how I first played tree fort I first played tree fort with La Misa Negra in like 2016 or something like that and I loved it it was just an amazing experience and so now this is really special for us to go back there um, to bring this project to that 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 festival I'm really excited about that yeah um, and so as Mariam was saying uh, her her friend was your djembe teacher kind of drum Is yes a... yeah he's played uh, lara uh, instrument yeah so, and but primarily were you a, a dancer mariam or a singer or both uh, yeah uh, true um sing and dance and also uh, play dundum. Uh, Mario you... is a really good drummer too. <laughs> Yoro. Yeah. You play dundum. <laughs> uh huh. Is this? Played... I like playing dundum. <laughs> <laughs> is this something that everyone does, or just were you trained to do these things by people in your family, or something that you sought out? Yeah, digi mukofe ubiyan eya kalan um mm-hmm. yeah she taught herself for the most part not too many people she's saying not too many people can do no, all three of those things no. Yeah. Not too many. People. How many? Maybe one. Uh, I don't know English. Uh, one is um, twenty people. Maybe um, two people play um, drums and sing. Like two yeah, out of twenty no, people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. But I like play dunu, um, and I know sound dunu. I and I know uh, drums too. Because I dance, I know. Right. Yeah. Because you dance, you I know, know. How, you yeah. know what the drums should play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Is it hard to play drums if you don't dance? Um. Maybe. No, dance it had um, more uh, drums because I I uh, um. Oh, my English little bit little. Sorry, I know uh, all men. He's he's played drums 
one day I say, oh, for place drums on Dunu, it's too hard, more dense. He said, no, dance, it's too hard, hard more play drums. Dancing is harder than yeah. playing drums? Yeah. Yeah? He's, yeah, he said. Why? Because he, he's danced before he danced uh, and he's played drums. He was a dancer? Yeah. Wow, okay. I say okay. Yeah. So this the music um it seems like it's steeped in in all kinds of different things. There's a playfulness to it. I notice where uh you interweave themes that people might recognize. So there's one song that and it's not tequila, but it sounds like that your your their riff is there for a moment. Um, and then one of the other newer tunes, Way of the World, has kind of House of the Rising Sun at its base. Can you talk a little bit about the music, the idea of the folklore behind it, um, and then the tradition that it's coming out of? Yeah. Hey, um, thank you for listening deeply enough to appreciate that. I really, that's really cool that you did that. Um, there's like a intersection between what Mari, where Mariam's traditions come from and what our experiences have been like mine and the rest of the band. Uh, and on Mariam's side, we can ask her more about that and she can articulate that, that I'm sure. On our side, it's, it's like being really influenced by the older sounds of the 60s and 70s whether it's like psychedelic rock or the champs or um, the animals or any of these other really awesome vestiges of our like musical history. And like, if you can imagine these two circles, like there's Mariam's circle and then there's our circle. And we're kind of trying to figure out where that intersection point is, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's really something that's a fusion of two um, different things. And it's fun for us because Mariam obviously understands her own world, but she understands our world to an extent too, because she lives here and she speaks English and she's familiar with our culture to a certain extent. So she's kind of translating that into language that we can understand. And then it's, it's fun to just kind of play with that intersection. And we feel really like, honored to be able to do that um because of just like the unique confluence of, confluence of persons that we happen to be her living here in the united states me living in mali the rest of the band with their influences too um it feels just like a fun little pocket to play in you know a fun little sandbox to dig around in well how did it well, and then we'll have to let her speak a little bit about her side, about, um, you know, you were talking about how the, you have this Venn diagram and you're trying to find that, that middle where you're crossing the two worlds. You know, what is, what is her experience with, with uh, fusing Western themes with Malian folk music? Oh, Susan, no cool. 
Comme Ambeka, Yoro Jetimne, Anka Foli, American Foli, ni Mali Foli, Be, Nyogon Soro, Yoromana, Ambo de Nofe, Sisan, Anka, Création de la Sisan, Boni Ebiseka, Kma, ni Mali Foli, Ka Fanfalala, ni Ebiseka, Onyafo, Ulunyana, Ebe, Muni Munde, Nini, Mali Foli, Konana, Kobla, Anka Folila. Bon, Mali, Américain Foli, Dronte, Foli chamambi no ibasro ibi don don bo abela porque kat creation ke don mimi ifeko fara akan mhm so like she's saying that if you she takes her inspiration from a lot of different sources um mali foli konana ubi mali foli konana american foli konana There's lots of different ethnic groups in Mali and outside of Mali too that she's influenced by, and she brings all of those kind of to the table and puts them together in her own unique mix of things, kind of inspired by her own inspirations, her own ideas, and her own creations. Yeah, for example, never say that American sondo means is an katro instrumental dedo. For example, um, she can listen to an American instrumental song and still find uh, a song from her own folklore that will go with it. Um, similar to like what happened with Rising of the House of the Rising Sun, for example. Um, I just started playing that chord progression and she just knows a song that, that goes with it. Like That's just a point of intersection between the two those two worlds, you know? And so those are really rich and fun. Would you say that you're part of an existing tradition that if, if I was more versed in, in 60s Mali music, that, um, you know, you're, you're part of something? Or do you think you guys are doing something, you know, a mix of a lot of things and wildly different than anything that's ever that's been an out interesting. there? Question, Douglas. Let me see what Mariam says. So, Mariam, yes. Do you think Abina fo anka fully Baselendo Mali fully Dodekan abseka nyefo inafo msale ala bamanam fully ubien ambeka anyereka creation deke sisang minte oyefana. Ah no, abere bala. Mhm. Abere bala. Mali foli bala, yang foli bala, siya chaman kambe ala. Par exemple, ina fo bobo kambala, pamanan kambala, maninga kambala. She says it's difficult to distill it to just one Malian tradition because there's there's a lot of different influences going on. Um, but some of the ones that she mentioned are the music of the Bamana people, the music of the Bobo people and the music of the Malinke people in Mali. Um, and then this is me talking, this isn't her. Uh, I've noticed that a lot of Malians that I interact with prefer to categorize their music not by genre as we would in the West, so like not rock, blues, or whatever. Yeah. But they would categorize it more by the ethnicity of the people playing the music. So that's Bamanan people's music, that's... Uh, Malenke people's music that's Bobo people's music yeah. and that would be the first way that someone from Mali would categorize their music so she's saying that 
uh, inside of the stuff that she brings, there's the Bamana stuff, Bobo Foley, and Bobo music from the Bobo people and Malenke people, among other things too. I'm also curious about like the vocabulary of your riffs. I mean, is that something that you're tapping into a tradition? So I, I it seems both simplistic and then also like potentially really, really difficult because it, rhythmically it seems like, I don't know, uh, the music does not feel very square. It feels like it's, you know, the beats are all over the place and... Um, I mean, there is this this regularity rhythmic um, drive, but at the same time, because of all the percussion, it feels like it's 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 uh, it's big. You know, like there's a lot going on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, that you uh, listen deeply like that and hear those kinds of things. I, um, it's it's totally like the rhythmic complexity is like one of the um, things that when I was thinking about forming the band, like I really wanted to make sure that we did justice to that. Um, I, I'm not Malian. Like I'm uh, most people would look at me and say that I'm white and it's not my culture. And I uh, want to be really conscious of not, um, appropriating things that aren't mine and also at the same time doing justice to how profound and complicated the music is that I've been privileged to study from Mali in an area where I don't see that often communicated is like on the rhythmic side of things so yeah like um, playing Mali music requires uh, one to feel music in a kind of different way like um, so like for example um, you know you could have a drum pattern and if we were playing it in the west maybe um, it would be straight you know like do 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 which would just be like equal spacing between the notes Yet more often in Malian music, one will hear um, uneven spacing between the notes, which creates that um, that drive that makes your body want to move. So, uh, not do 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 do, but do 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 trying to um do justice to those things and actually incorporate them in the music was like a really important thing and it helps that marama is a really really awesome percussion player too and um i mean she has final say on a lot of the music that we do and stuff like that so a lot of it kind of goes through her critical um evaluation as well which i think really makes the music a lot stronger because because uh, I mean her ears are just so much more developed and she grew up playing and listening to this music it's like it doesn't matter how long I study I could never have that well so let's 
let's talk uh, resume with the story so you went there for a few years and you found something you know you said the fate was kind of leading you on and then how did fate draw her out and take her to the bay area how did that you know how did that um, transpire so season uh guys to work continue never malala i mean you all know you know jake or last season don't i care at the body you got yeah nali ah okay sisa um me and eric we know in mali in one first time in one party um he say hi i say hi how are you he say i'm eric um um students um mache you friend i say oh nice uh, it's nice my friend is uh nice person and me and eric we what is it ankara terimae we became friends uh-huh we can be a uh, friends and one um my friend have um party he's called me for sing and dance and i'm come and i see eric play um drums and one day eric said okay uh, i have uh, one band in america uh, can you like come for sing uh, in my band i said sure i like and i like come in america for teach a uh, dance and teach sing and i have lot of friends in america i know before in mali is my students yeah yeah mm. so that was um do you remember what year oh uh, for come here uh yeah uh 2018 okay 2018 yeah yeah so yeah like mariam was saying we were working together on music and uh we started kind of composing songs together and i can remember being in her um together with her in segu and we were working on these demo songs which later became the songs that you hear on our first ep and we're just really having a good time and like laughing a lot and having a lot of fun together and um at the end of that we talked and it was like yeah let's let's try to put a band together in the United States but then it was probably another like 2 or 2 and a half years before we were able to do that because we had to figure out a way of bringing her to the United States um and then that was yeah and that was during the Trump administration as well so it was really challenging and a lot of folks were telling us that it wasn't a good time and it wasn't possible right now and it you know you 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 brought up some interesting stuff about synchronicity and the emails we were shooting back and forth before this but i mean honestly Douglas it was like the stars just really aligned for her to come here like it we didn't really i mean we had to do some work obviously we had to put the paperwork together and stuff but it was just like it was meant to be like 
um, <laughs> we put together like this set of paperwork to get her an artist visa to come here and um, the <laughs> like it was it was just really kind of like not a really great documentation of her abilities but somehow it just it just it was approved and even in that environment you know Marama, you remember you went to see your teacher uh, to ask him if you come to the United States? Uh, and uh, he said, you can come here. It's yeah, no problem. yeah, yeah. Can you yeah. talk about that? Um, maybe in Bamana. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, okay, and a little bit English. I told uh, my teacher, but it's not my dance teacher. It's my teacher, um, girl. Hmm? Oh, like your bifal? Yeah. So, uh, Mariama is bifal, which is um, like a. Um, yaifal. Yaifal. Oh, a man is bifal. Woman Sorry. is ya yaifal. My bad. Yeah. I told uh, him, I said, oh, um, I have to come here um, for sing and for dance, but I'm, I'm not sure one. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know if it's going to turn out or not. Yeah, he said, oh, it's okay, no problem. You, you, you want, you, you come here. You will come here, yeah. no problem. Uh -huh. yeah. So he kind yeah. of said, "Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you can come." Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So everything just kind of aligned, and then she came here, and we put the band together. Um. And yeah, that too. Everything like the first year, we just everything flows and moves and stuff like that. You know, um, it was just it felt like a very auspicious beginning. So you guys were doing demos before she came. Did you consider yourself a band then, or just it was the idea of the potential? Like, I remember I had to kind of put together the semblance of a band for the paperwork. So like I had to start a Facebook page and all this other stuff. Um, because we had to include like the document, some of the documentation of the group like before we actually you know um we're rehearsing together as a group yeah yeah exactly but we had the demo tapes we had been working on the demo tapes kind of back and forth for a while um so we had those those kind of helped us get started those demo tapes are actually in our vault and some of like our friends and like fans and stuff like that like the demo tapes the way they sound better than our actual studio recordings which i think is really interesting it is so we'll have to talk about the vault a little uh, this is a really novel idea that i haven't seen before who uh, i mean what what did the vault grow out of is this some i mean because it's almost like a a course of some kind yeah um can you describe the vault to listeners yeah thank you thank you douglas um so the vault is basically our version of patreon it has all of our content all of our videos all of our music demos uh 
song lyrics interviews um it's just where we put all of our content for our fans and it really grew out of our response to uh, the pandemic and thinking critically about what business models we want to use as a band um for a long time because of how uh, difficult they can be as revenue streams I was really down on the streaming platforms and I figured oh let's just try to set up the vault because that'll give us kind of a direct channel to communicate with our artists because that's what we really wanted is just like um, we want to share our music directly with people um, and since then I'm, I'm sort of like changed my mind a little bit and I feel like it's still good to just put music out there so people can discover us and the people that'll want to go a step deeper will do that by looking for us and they'll find the vault and all that kind of stuff too but I think deep down it's really just like a, a desire we like we've always just wanted a channel to connect directly with our fans and just share music with them and not have to be on like another platform to do that just you know not 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 through like YouTube or any of these other platforms that are really just there to primarily build their own uh, brand and their own mark. Um, it's more just about us trying to do that for ourselves, like right now. And yeah, that's kind of what the vault is. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool idea as far as business models go. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Douglas. I appreciate that. That's Thank really you. nice. Yeah. But I will also note to people out in listener land that um, your album's on Apple Music and you also have a Bandcamp page, you know, so, and it, it seems like depending on which platform you're on, things are put together slightly differently. Um, well, we'll have to talk about Tree Fort then. So while... While she was, uh, well, Miriam was still in in Africa. You were in in a band called La Misa Negra. Did you say? Yeah, yeah. And how long did you do that? And then, like, uh, let's talk about Tree Fort a little bit. How many Tree Forts have you been to? And um, you know, how many Tree Forts have you played? Uh, this is a much different Tree Fort than those. But let's talk about the past because. That's safer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I've personally, this will be the second one. Um, yeah, the, I'm, I'm really excited, though, because of, like, all of the gigs I did with La Misa Negra, and I did play a lot of gigs with them over the three or four years that I was with them. Tree Fort was, like, one of the top. Um, just loved the crowds, like, loved the energy. I loved how good of a festival it is too it's just a good festival and the people who organize it care and they're trying to make they're paying attention to details and trying to make everything right and they really do a good job of making the artists feel welcomed and comfortable and respected and I just loved the vibe so it was really natural when we started doing bookings for Orchestra Gold to reach out and um and 
Yeah, it, it just it just really worked out. And I have an amazing memory of Tree Fort, uh, the year that I played it, which I believe was 2016, but I may be off by a year or so. And seeing Charles Bradley outside at the... Um, at the, it was one of the main stages and yeah. this was like a few years before he passed, but like that man was just possessed of some divine energy. And he was like, it was just, it was a mystical experience seeing him. It was just like, it was amazing. He was like, he was like shrouding all of us in the divine through his song and he just had us all hypnotized, man. We were just all hypnotized in another dimension with him. And it was like one of the most beautiful things. One of the most beautiful shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Cool. Um, where did you guys play that year? Do you remember? We played at the Basque Center, which is where we're playing this year uh, with Orchestra Gold. And we played in a bar, too, whose name I'm not recalling, but it was a little smaller. I don't know. I've been in the Bass Center, but I don't think I've ever seen a show in there. And so what is it What is it like? As, um, do you have any memory of that? I remember it being kind of like a community center vibe. Okay. Yeah. Um, just like... Uh, being very kind of like open and and we like Mario especially likes those you like when the space is open so you can go dance outside yeah right uh-huh yeah yeah because yeah, Mariama often will go and dance um with the crowd and and when there's like when there's a huge like riser it's really hard to do that so we're excited about this place because she's gonna really get to get close to people right yes <laughs> um, yeah the story is great up until the whole world closes down and then being a band uh, with social distancing or you know everything shut down makes things tricky were you guys able to rehearse and record and uh, do those things we I'll, I'll have Mariam answer mm -hmm. that. Okay. Uh, for um Kovi one Kovi Work is small, small, and sometimes we're just home, no work. Um, yeah, it can lot of, lot of things, but uh, now maybe it's coming little bit, little work coming little bit, little. Yeah. Have you guys been playing lately, or will this be one of the first shows? Done. Uh -huh. Now, uh, I'm a Now, I'm a Now, I'm a 
uh-huh. little by little uh, we had we had that's what she's saying and then I'm adding my own uh, my own thing to it which is we did a show in July here as part of the tiny town summer yeah. concert series which was really really fun and then things have kind of like shut down again there's a lot of uncertainty we have tree fort obviously and then we have another local show after that but there's not much this year um i think again like it's kind of been about for us like reevaluating the business models and of course we love playing for people it's so much fun to tour and stuff like that and at the same time i think we've had to we have to think about other ways of um making money if we want this band to be our main source of income is being in music is really hard you know mm-hmm. and one of the responses to that that we've come up with and there's a couple others too but the one of the main ones has been Mariama's um dance platform so you mentioned that about the vault kind of looking like a course the platform that it's on is actually designed for courses and that's how we found out about it first because we also in once the virus stuff started happening lockdown and everything like that basically her and I just started filming these instructional videos of her knowledge of the Malian rhythms and dances and we came up with like over a thousand minutes of instructional material and she has students from all of the all over the world on it now um and it's just been an amazing blessing uh it's really gotten her name and expertise in front of a lot of people and it's helped a lot of people understand like the nuances of the style that she teaches a lot of her students stay, say that it's like the foundation course in Mali and dance that everybody needs to have. So it's been it's been a really the opportunity has been that like rethinking the rethinking the model a little bit. Yeah, um we are just about out of time. Um what can audiences expect on Friday night 10:40 at the Bass Center? Munumbena na ana anka animasiona sisang ubena muni munde ye anka animasiona um munumena le animasiona ubela jelembe uni rosoro akono paske mona kutikile animasiona the everyone who comes to our shows is going to find something people don't go to shows for the same reason they all have different reasons for going to shows ni mokosira mokona na animation na saibita soro gitari 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 foka ni kadido kosobe katema beka maybe some people really enjoy the sound of the guitar ibita soro fana do fana bi basoro no battery meka fo ude kadu utki fene kosobe katema beka maybe some people really just love the sound of the drum set o dobe ibita soro dongli de fene kadu lui katema abeka or the sound of my singing some people will just really love that or my dancing you may just love that maybe you'll fall in love walma nebe demeni ni mogofe ice cream cola ofene kadido or maybe the way that i'm going to beg you for ice cream maybe you'll love that 
<laughs> well, that was 42 minutes. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Yes, thank you so much for having us, Douglas. You bet. You've been listening to Orchestra Gold on 42 Minutes, a production of Syncbook Radio and Syncbook.com. For more information about their work, visit their website, orchestragold.com, and consider signing up for their vault. For more information about the Syncbook, our guests, past shows, or subscribe to the podcast, please be sure and visit our website at thesyncbook.com. If you like this podcast, check out others, as currently all the Syncbook radio archives are free. This and more can be found at thesyncbook.com. Thanks so much. And see those thorns on the top of the lemon tree? If they were on the bottom, no one could enjoy its shade. (laughs) 